When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm sharing with you a conversation that I had with Joshua Becker. He's the founder and editor of Becoming Minimalist, a website that inspires more than 1 million readers each month to find more fulfillment in life by owning less. He's been on the show before. We've talked all about this concept of minimalism. And he's back this time to talk about his brand new book, The Minimalist Home, a room-by-room guide to a decluttered, refocused life. And this is the perfect time to read this book because this is that time of year where we're dealing with consumerism at all-time high levels and or we've decorated for the holidays of some sort and then we'll be undecorating and decluttering our homes already. So why not lean into that with this book? And in this conversation, we talk about basically this being a practical guide that helps you to declutter every space in your house so that your home, the location, as well as the people as a sanctuary for you, as a launching place for you out into the world. And again, having just more fulfillment in life. Also, one last call for entries into the productivity book giveaway that Ryan McRae and I are doing. If you have not yet entered into that, head on over to beyondthetodolist.com slash book bundle. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash book bundle. All right, I'll get out of the way. Enjoy this conversation with Joshua Becker. Well, this week, I am thrilled to have back Joshua Becker back on the show. It's been a while. It's been like two years. I think it was your last book. Uh, we got to make sure that we don't just have you back for books like all the other guests. <laughs> so sometimes are you, the- are you, are you serious that it's been two years? I think I so. Never, I, think- I, I, I never would have guessed it's been that long. I know that it was the, it was with your last book. And I know that I was recording that up in my upper garage space, uh, loft office area. And we moved out of there in August, 2016. So, you know, it was earlier that year. Yeah. Well, that is a shame. That is a shame. So it's actually been closer uh, yeah. to three years than two because we're at the end of 2018 as we record this. So yeah, yeah, two and a half years since my last book came out. So well, yeah. thank you for having me on. I uh, it is. I, I love the book. Um, I love what it is, and um, I love talking about it. I love. I love everything minimalism and any opportunity to talk about it. I'm, I'm all in. So thanks for having me on and yeah. I'm getting to have this conversation with you again. I, I, you know, I, I knew this book was coming out months ago, knew I wanted to have you back because of this book. And then the timing of the book is ideal because it's perfectly timed for this time of year. I'll mention it, by the way, the title is The Minimalist Home, a room by room guide to a decluttered, refocused life. And if there's not ever a better time to to approach, I mean, there's all year all year round is probably a great time to to do this, but this is one of those times where we openly throw open the gates, which is a, a funny inside joke to Skype. Uh, 
where we welcome all the clutter and all the holiday trappings and all of those things. And so as soon as we're kind of done with that season, we're ready to declutter and refocus again in the new year. So it's kind of perfectly timed. That is very true. It's almost like a publisher knew what they were doing uh, <laughs> when they uh, when they picked the December 18th date. No, but honestly, um, uh, actually, um, January is always one of the busiest traffic months for my website, Becoming Minimalist. Um, but December is almost usually just as busy um, because I think we... I think we feel it, right? Like we throw open the gates and we, you know, shop till we drop and uh, we bring in all this clutter and, and all the time we're, we're kind of complaining about it at the same time that, um, that, oh, we're tired and stressed and busy and we don't have enough money. And uh, it's like everything we're looking to, to improve our holiday season um, doesn't actually improve it, but just ends up adding stress to it, which is really the the point of the book uh, in many ways that um, that a lot of things that we buy and purchase and accumulate we think are going to improve our lives, but in reality they they tend to just add um, stress and burden to it rather than um, contributing to the life we wish we were living instead. Yeah, exactly. And and so I mean you've been on the show before. We talk about your definition of minimalism for for somebody who hasn't heard that episode, though I will link up to it in the show notes and it's a great jump in on that specific topic. We're going to branch off from that a little bit or at least apply it practically in this conversation. But what's what is your definition of minimalism for people out there who are are curious about and maybe have never even heard that word before? Yeah, perfect spot to start, actually. So my definition of minimalism is this. Minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value by removing anything that distracts us from them. And this is always going to look different from person to person. And um, most of the time when uh, when we talk about minimalism, um, we're talking about physical possessions, but it extends beyond that. Um, the book even extends beyond that. But um, we talk about, so like, what do I want my life to be for? What do I want to accomplish with my life? Like, what are my greatest goals with the life that I have? And then what what things do I need to keep in order to do that? Like someone who wants to be a really great accountant is going to own different things than someone who wants to be a really great teacher or car mechanic or app developer, right? So our pursuits um, are going to determine um, what things we need to keep and own in order to do that. And it's going to look different from person to person and family to family. And then uh, what are all the things that society told us we needed to buy, and uh, we got them because they were on clearance at Kohl's, and in reality, they're 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 detracting from those goals rather than um, helping us achieve them. I, I couldn't help but think of a phrase that I use often, which is uh, "minimal effective dose." It, it usually applies to you know drugs or or medicine specifically, and you know you don't need to pop seven Advil because past two maybe four, I don't know, depending upon who you are and what, what the need is, like, you're wasting it. You just, it's excess. You don't need it. It's not doing you any good. Uh, absolutely. And um, towels, right? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. uh, like we yes. all need, like, like we need a towel. Um, Although there's never off. one there this sometimes is... when you do need <laughs> <Yeah>. one <laughs> still. 
Yes, it's usually hanging on the rack a couple of steps away from the shower in, in my particular case, right? Like we we need towels, we need dishes, like we need clothing. Uh, the problem is we've, you know, accumulated closets full of towels. You know, we have 20 to 24 towels in our house and we have closets full of clothes and uh, minimal effective dose. I, I love that. You know, the, the difference between possessions and, and medicine is that, you know, the, the extra few pills don't cost all that much. Um, but when you're talking about like closets full of clothes and closets full of towels and garages that we can't park in, like we're talking about very significant money that was wasted on those things. And uh, the time it takes to take care of them and maintain them, just the like the physical distraction they become, the the weight of carrying those things does like take us away from from more important pursuits in life. And that's again decluttering and and and, and when we say decluttering, you know, somebody's going to think, "Oh, well, then it's just a book about organizing your life." That's way too simplistic a view. I love that you've got it dissected or not dissected. That sounds like we're we're putting it out for an autopsy. Uh it, you've got it segmented. There you go. For uh three different kind of phases in the book. And you know, the first one up front is uh, is about you which I kind of think of as the the people section. And then you go into spaces, which is kind of the places section, places of the home. And then at the back, you've got this future section, which is kind of, you know, you take the people, you take the places, and then you move into looking and clarifying about the future. And I love that. But obviously, the bulk of it, uh, the the giant section, midsection of the book is all about spaces. But let's talk for let's get there, but let's talk first about the you section and this thing that you call the Becker method, because I think this is something that's going to really uh, help people kind of wrap their brain around not only, again, your definition of minimalism, but how it kind of plays out practically uh, for you as an individual as well as your family. I think one of the things that separates my writing or what I do from the mere decluttering, how to make your bed better books and conversations is that I really look for the like the deeper motivation and the deeper meaning behind some of these things. And so for me, just as we've already talked, like minimalism isn't about owning less stuff. Minimalism is about living your best life, uh, whatever that might be for you and defining what that is and then crafting your life around that. And it gets into some of the deeper heart and soul issues than, you know, here's here's how to declutter your, your medicine chest, your medicine cabinet, although the book gets into that. But in the first section, it is about you. It's about your purpose in life, and it's about what is the purpose for your home, right? Like our home serves two purposes. It's it's a place where we come for rest and security and relaxation and acceptance, ideally, right? Like a home is a place that we come for respite, but it's also ideally a, our launching pad into the rest of the world, that there are good things that we want to do and problems that we can solve and talents and gifts and abilities that we have that we bring to other people and so the home should both be a place for rest 
and a place to launch us out into the world to, to live our best life possible. And so when I talk about the Becker method, it starts there. Like it starts with what is your motivation for owning less? Why do you want to own less? Get very clear on that because that, that definition, that, um, that vision of what you want your life to be is what's going to motivate you through the, I mean, let's face it, it's, it's hard work going through a home, um, getting rid of stuff, but, uh, keeping your eyes on the motivation is very helpful. So it starts with getting clear on your motivation. Um, um, the Becker method takes people easiest to hardest through their home. Uh, when most people hear decluttering or minimizing, they tend to think of, yeah, I really need to get to the garage or there's all that stuff in the basement. And, and I say, no, no, don't, don't start there. Like start in easy places, start in your living room and your bedroom and your, and your bathroom and gain victories there. Notice how owning less is impacting your attitude and is in, in, is uh, benefiting your life. And then that motivation and that momentum gets us through the kitchen, the home office, the, the basement, the garage, um, some of those harder spaces down the road, a little bit like, like building a muscle, um, a little bit. So I think I hear you saying that it's good for us to start on a place maybe that, or, or a room or a space, let's say space. Cause that's what, you, that's the word you use in the book. Start on a space that's pretty close to already being there or is the closest to being there out of all the rest of the places, spaces in the home. Because that's the one that you can probably get the closest to fully done. If it's not there already, it's close, but you can get it fully done and gain that momentum and realize, oh, this is what this feels like. Yes. Uh, easiest, most lived in spaces um, is where I tell people to start. And it, it might be your car. Like that's where I started. Uh, my whole story started out in the garage. Uh, I sat in my car to, to pull it back in and. I'm like, look at all this stuff that can be removed from my car that just didn't need to be in there. And so I did it in, I don't know, 12 minutes, like maybe even less. Like it doesn't take all that long to throw everything in a bag and just um, set it off to the side. And then I I sat down in my car the next morning and, oh, it, feel, it felt so different and so better. You know, where else can I do this? And so we went to the living room and you know, there were decorations that could be removed and there was old, you know, a stack of magazines and DVDs. And again, I, it could be accomplished in 30 to 45 minutes. And yet I, I removed everything and sat down and it's like energy was able to flow through the room that was all cramped before. And I'm like, yep, what's the next easiest space that, that I can conquer? Maybe a dining room um, or a, a porch or um, a bedroom we eventually move to. So all spaces where you can kind of feel the difference right away, um, I think is um, helpful for people for sure. It, it gives me that feeling of, again, what we're kind of going through right now. A lot of people have just, again, done gone the opposite direction and put out a lot more things. And it's not that they cluttered. But they decorated, and there's stuff out that's not necessarily always out uh, at this time of year for different holidays. And though pretty soon, uh, in a couple of weeks, few weeks, they will put that all back away. And to some extent, there's a little bit of a nostalgia or a – I don't know. A, a, there's a little bit of a, oh, it's all put away. Christmas is – Christmas and, and the other holidays are now over, and you feel like, well, that's past again, and there's a little bit of a um, – 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of the, you know, there's a slight little bit of depression, uh, that, that goes along with it. But with this, it's different. It's, it, and by the way, I never have that feeling. I always feel like, ah, things are back to nice and neat and normal. So this is right up my alley to do this. So I guess what I'm saying is, is lean into the, when you put your decorations away this year into doing this stuff in the book. <laughs> yeah. It, it is, um, I mean, probably a great example is like we put up a Christmas tree. I I, I love like I love wide open spaces, um, and so I uh, I you know I, I don't like my spaces at least now. Like I'm I'm different now um, than than I was before um, going on this journey. But now like I I appreciate the the opportunity in an empty space, and so we like we had we we'll put up the Christmas tree and it's there. And as soon as you put it, as soon as you take it down, I'm like. Man, this room feels bigger. Like it, it. Um, I, I'm surprised at how much space that tree was taking up. It feels nice to yes. not to not have that in here. And you, uh, you said it very well. Lean, like lean into that. You get rid of the tree. You put it down. You're like, oh, it does feel more open and spacious in here. Then ask the next question of, I wonder what else I could remove. Like, what might I usually what might usually stay that I could also take out and see how that frees up more space? And if I like the direction uh, that my space, that my, that my home is going as I remove some of these things, because, because I think most people uh, will like it for sure. The, the, and, and it's, I think it's key to point out as, as we're talking here that it's not just the removal of things for the sake of removing things. It's removing the uh, unnecessary things that we've grown accustomed to that, they were unnecessary, but we didn't realize it because they'd been there for so long. So I use the phrase in the book that really it's about optimizing our life. Um, it's really about finding the right amount of possessions that allow my home to do what I want it to do in my life. Um, you know, be a place for rest, uh, be a launching pad, uh, be a place for hospitality, um, be a place that that people can can feel welcome when they when they come over, or maybe it's a space where, you know, my kids can can come back home and and um and and feel safe. Like like how do I craft a home that accomplishes those things the best way? Um, so it, it's not like minimalism isn't about owning the fewest amount of things as the goal. It's about owning the right amount of things, and for most people dare I say, 90 to 95% of people, the most optimal amount of possessions for their home is fewer than what they currently have. It's not about just owning the least amount of things, but it's about owning the right amount of anything, towels, decorations, furniture, dishes, um, on and on down the line. Yeah. And and honestly, different spaces in the home uh, have different... Um utility like the kitchen is is one thing the living room is it is a place to you know sit and gather and tell stories although then that also could be a dining room where you gather and and break bread and have meals and do the same thing what are some of the ones that maybe you think have the most importance in terms of decluttering and the meaning behind that room or that space being decluttered I think every room is most important. Um, <laughs> even it, like as you said it, the first thing that popped in my head was was the bedroom, um, particularly the the master bedroom, but also kids' rooms as well. I, you know, the the master bedroom should be for rest and it should be for intimacy. Like those are the two 
purposes of it. And I mean, people have different living arrangements. So, so maybe you're like, no, I, I also have to do this in my bedroom. And I, I understand it. But for the most part, for most people, it's for rest and intimacy. And, um, and then we go and we put a television in there, which doesn't, doesn't help us do either. Or we, you know, we have so many knickknacks and so many things and, um, you know, clothes piled up on the, on the chair and like all these things that are distracting from what the room is supposed to be used for. And I, I think that when we do that, we, we miss out on, you know, what's most important, um, in that space. And, but then I, I like every room, like living room, how could you discount the importance of living room and family and sharing stories and, uh, the memories that, that are made there or the, or the kitchen, you know, eating healthy and the conversations that take place uh, in, in preparing meals and the dining room where you, yes, you share together as a family and you eat the same food and you have guests over and you, you share that, that common bond and, and like, well, then you have the, the garage, which some might overlook, but, but the garage is like your first impression. Every time you come home, that's the first thing you see. And if, your garage is a cluttered mess, then every time you get home, you're reminded that there's all these unfinished things around, that you have all this stuff that you don't need, um, and it doesn't set you in the right mindset to be there for your family because it's just, oh gosh, that's right, I really need to clean out this garage, you know? And that's that's our first impression every time we every time we get home. So I don't know. Is there a most important space? I, I honestly don't. And and then the home office, right? Like this is where we work and dream and um, this is where we, you know, accomplish things, not just for our family, but um, for others. And yeah, that's an important space to to have primed and, and focused on uh, things too. So that's a tough question you asked me. Well, I'll, I, just, I, I'll just say, I'll just say all of them. I think all it's a trick question unconsciously. <laughs> Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond again go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Honestly, any space that's in the house that's being used, which, you know, why would you have a space in the house that's not being used? You know, they all they all have a purpose. <laughs> so I uh, and I'm thinking, I mean, garage and home office both hit me right now because like I, I can't think straight if my home office, which is where I am right now, uh, talking with you is I just can't I can't think straight because I've got stuff sitting out and things that have piled up or you know oh I'll I'll put that away but I set it on my desk and different things like that and it's like ugh, I've got to I mean I I mean and that one because of how frequently it's used is just and and it's nobody else's space but mine so it's all on me like I have to have kind of a I have to have a weekly kind of a you know a decluttering of the office but I also try to do a little bit of a daily one too uh, it just, it just has to be that way. And then, and then with a the garage, <laughs> uh, that's one of the ones where when that starts to get to the point where you can't park the cars in, um, it starts to get <laughs> to the point where, uh, like for, for example, in our case, I can park both cars in our garage right now. The problem is, is that there's still some extra stuff in that garage that isn't put away to the best of its ability. So then there's things that are stray in the house that belong back in the garage, but aren't there. And then they, they are displaced for a, an unknown amount of time until the garage is done. So that's my life right now. <laughs> We're still trying to get to it. Cause the snow came down and that kind of threw things out of whack a, a couple days there. So it, uh, it sure does. And if I were to, you know, kind of jump off from jump off from that point, I, uh, I think when we, when we live our lives to the to the max all the time, um, then we we don't have space for when the the trials or the catastrophes of life pop up. You know, I mean, much bigger than a snowstorm. When we're constantly running on the the edge financially, or um, everything is is full, and so we're on the edge space wise, and we can barely maintain the house that we have um, and the things inside of it already. That when when tragedy, I just I just had a good friend, um, fifty years old, diagnosed with with stage four cancer, and like over overnight, uh, his life changed, and where he 
had to focus his time and energy um, and the the stress level goes up with that. And when, I mean, you mentioned a snowstorm and how it, you know, displaces everything. Um, and it's a, it's a small little catastrophe. Um, but I mean, those big things in life happen and, and not just bad things, but if, if we're living our life, you know, filled to the brim all the time and, and we, you know, are carrying the cup so that it doesn't spill and we have to be super careful. And then like some great opportunity mm. arises if we don't have the space to to accept it, whether it be financially or time um, or freedom to to do it, then then we have to miss out on on that opportunity. Yeah, we're, t- we're I mean we're literally talking about literal margin between the space in front of us, but also the metaphorical uh, margin, the space in between uh, all the different things in our lives. <laughs> And that's yeah, which is which is really which yeah, which is really why I like the subtitle of the book is probably more important to me than than most people would think. You know, yeah, I just slap a subtitle on there. I'm like, no, no, I like uh, the minimalist home is the title, and the subtitle is a room by room guide to a decluttered, refocused life. Um, because the the book really is about more than just the house, although it goes through each room in the house, like it is a room by room guide to go through your house, but it's about, it's about something much bigger than that. Um, it's about living a life focused on the things that matter. Um, and, uh, and what that might, and what, what you, what you would want your home to look like in order to live that life. Well, and here's the other thing that I am noticing and I'm asking, you know, I guess I'll ask this, like the word home, the minimalist home, the home word, um, you didn't use the word house because that would indicate you're just talking about the space and decluttering the space. You're talking home uh, because home involves that space, but it also involves the people that live together in that space. So how do we involve, say, our family in this process and one, get them on board if they're not already, but two, uh, all work together on this perspective and this change that will be a positive change for us as a family? Well, I think it takes, um, it takes, uh, intentional conversation. Uh, it takes love. Uh, it takes patience. It takes humility. Um, and I already mentioned time. Um, but it, sometimes it takes a long time. Um, it doesn't always happen overnight. Uh, but I think it takes, intentional conversations um, to bring, especially if I find that in most uh, partnerships, marriage relationships, that that there's some buy-in from from both sides of it, that, mo- that both people can agree, you know, we need to make some changes around here. It's just the level of the changes or what changes need to be made that tend to, that tend to differ. Um, the husband wants to get rid of all the wife stuff and the wife wants to get rid of all the husband stuff. Um, so, um, so what changes are, but generally speaking, like people can agree there, there are cases where one really wants to adopt minimalism, um, minimalist principles and the other person wants nothing to do with it. Um, so, but at generally speaking, that's a, a probably a pretty smaller um, percentage, but it takes intentional conversations. Uh, most, most of the time where we talk about clutter um, and we talk about this with our spouse, uh, it is 
when we're really frustrated, when we when we can't find what we need or when the closet doesn't shut or when the credit card bill just showed up and like we're we're on edge and we kind of blow up, you know, why do you have so much stuff around here? Why do you keep buying stuff? I've just had it. Um, as opposed to like, let's go out for dinner. Let's have a cup of coffee and let's talk about like, what is most important to us as a family? Like, what do we want to accomplish and who are we? And are all these things that we're buying and bringing into the home really what is most important to us? Um, and realizing that, um, that what is going to resonate with the other person is probably different than what's going to resonate with you. And so um, whoever it is that is the chief homemaker in the home uh, and is doing a lot of the the cleaning and taking care of the home, man, I want to own less stuff because I'm just wasting too much. Like it just takes too much time to clean all this stuff where the person who isn't doing all the cleaning isn't going to feel that weight and might be drawn to the idea of owning less for other reasons than uh, what it might be for the, for the first person. And so, um, so kind of thinking through like, what, what would my partner most appreciate about owning less? What would it allow them to do more of? Um, and then kind of having the conversation that way, um, as opposed to the, the frustrated one that we have. And then I just mentioned others like patience, like just because you're thinking about this and want this to be true, um, doesn't mean the other person is going to right away. It's going to take a little bit of time, uh, humility, um, Look, no one's perfect in in a in a relationship, and there are probably things that um, that your spouse wants to change about you. So, how's that going? You know, um, uh, you know, no no side is perfect, but um, this is something that that this is a change that you want to have happen in the family. Maybe they want a different change to take place in the family, um, so you can look for for compromise that way and 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 make um make make the changes that they want you to make while you're encouraging them to make the changes that they want to make uh, that you want them to make. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I'm going back to, as you were talking, I, th- I remembered um, what you said earlier about, you know, a space that's uh, highly lived in and also pretty well uh, to that point that you want it to be at already. And maybe uh, again, using it as an example of, Hey, look, this room, this space is uh, pretty closely there and it, and it feels good. This one compared to other spaces in the, in the place. And then I put on my, how would I win points and convince my wife hat? And I said, well, wait a second. Are there spaces that are primarily mine in the home? And what if I did that one? Because it's not something they're going to be, you know, interested in and wouldn't be upset if I did, uh, you know, do decluttering on and make that space less embarrassing to them maybe, or something, you know, something along those lines. Right. Yeah, for sure. It is, it is always easier to see everyone else's clutter than it is to see our own. And, um, so I, I think that we do, we do need to start with our own things, uh, first, because the reality is that I I was, I was speaking at an event one time and I had a, a husband come up to me and he said, look, I, I loved everything you said. I'm, I'm totally the minimalist in my family. I just can't get my wife on board. What, what should I tell her? Um, what should I say to her? And so we talked about it a little bit. And like five minutes later, his wife came up to me. And his, um, fortunately, they hadn't spoken. 
But his wife said to me, hey, look, I loved everything you said. I'm the minimalist in my family. I just can't get my husband on board. (laughs) Um, And it was like, it was that case where like everything he has, he doesn't need. Um, He needs to get rid of all this stuff he's not using and shouldn't have. And meanwhile, he's looking at her life and thinking she has all this stuff that she doesn't use and doesn't need. And um you know, the, the best person to make judgments about what stuff they need is the person who actually uses the stuff. Um, but uh, but certainly starting with our own, I think, helps us see, yeah, you know what, maybe I wasn't as good of an example in this area as I thought I was prior. And now I can actually be a good example going forward of the space that frees up when, when I get rid of clutter and how much finances are um, freed up when I'm not wasting money on all the things that I used to be buying and uh, bringing into the home. And look, there's a little margin in our credit card. And you know what? If you did that too, then that would mean more of this for you, which might resonate more than um, monthly payments. Yeah. Well, and so speaking of moving forward, obviously there's this last piece of the book where uh, it's it's labeled future. And it's all about the the possibilities and the potential that come along, like you were just talking about, after you've gone through this process and what that looks like. Ten years ago, I was introduced to minimalism and started owning less. And I could not believe how much my life changed by intentionally owning fewer things. It was... Really, I I had no idea how much of a burden my possessions had become. And so owning less, like suddenly more money for whatever it was, more focus, um, more time, uh, less stress. Like my life, when I removed those distractions, I suddenly realized I could accomplish more with my life than I ever thought that I could before. And it's a little bit what the what the last chapter is. You know, it's it's just a reminder, hey, this is this is about more than going through the different spaces, which the book does like 18 different spaces we go through in the home and and how to minimize and and questions to ask and uh, things to get rid of. But in the end, It's about living your best life, doing the most good you can with the one life that you have. And so now that you've minimized your space and minimized your home, like let's start dreaming bigger with our lives than, you know, accumulating a lot of material possessions. Uh, Like let's start thinking about what, what could we do with our life now. And I can guarantee, honestly, I can guarantee the people who go through this process, minimize their home, end up living far more significant, impactful lives than they ever thought, than they ever dreamt they possibly could. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. I, uh, I legitimately mean it. I've ten years. I've given my life to this conversation, not because I want people to have a a, a clean home when they when they get home from work, but. Uh, I've given my life to this because I know that there is so much good that can be brought about in the world uh, when people start focusing on that uh, rather than material possessions. So, yes, uh, ending with a section on the future um, and what a minimalist home 
uh, means for you going forward was the only way I was going to end this book. It's a great place to end this conversation even. I mean, it's it's the point. It's the point behind it is there's so much more than what we've accepted as the status quo in our lives. And we need to shake stuff up and we need to the, move forward. The book is the book is full of stories. I uh, again, I've been I've been talking about this for years. I've um, I have an online course that helps people own less. And so I've I've received so many emails from people where like life changed dramatically after going through this. Uh, there's a story. Um, there's a story of a a lady who she just started by uh, decluttering her bedroom. Um, it was just her bedroom is where she started, and like ha- the the changes, kind of the 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 chain of changes that that brought about in her life where. She started going to bed earlier because she didn't mind being in her room and she started waking up earlier and she started exercising. She ends up running a marathon and she goes, it was because I decluttered my bedroom. My life changed incredibly. There's a, another story of a lady who um, she was a nurse and uh, and she's always wanted to do like uh, overseas work and volunteer her nursing abilities and she decluttered her home. She started buying less. She realized she didn't have to run up her credit cards as much as she was before. She started working less. Suddenly, she was freed up to go volunteer. Like literally, she's traveling the world, um, doing what she is good at, helping people in in third world countries with her nursing skills because she minimized her home. And there's there's stories all throughout of of this dramatic life change that that happens in people's lives because of it. Thanks for letting me hijack your conclusion to to add. No, the, to add I, that you you have I'm, I didn't have a conclusion. I wanted you to conclude it, and you did perfectly. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, so we're recording this right around the time the book comes out, and so uh, let's direct people where to go to have the most impact for you. Because honestly, everybody needs to find this book and start doing stuff with it, whether it's in the month of December or in January, as people typically do with the calendar year and say, all right, new year, let's do some new stuff. Yeah, the book comes out December 18th. Um, Certainly it can be found anywhere uh, in every format, hardcover, uh, ebook, audio, I recorded the audio. Um, So it can be, it can be ordered. Um, It can be found anywhere online. You're uh, your local bookstore will have it uh, if you want to start reading it today and and not have to wait. Um, you can uh, you can do that. So um, perfect. Certainly any uh, anywhere. And I you know I don't know how um, uh, you know uh, people overseas um, book depository. I, I just learned this in the past couple of months. Bookdepository.com. Uh, they ship for free anywhere in the world. Um, and so anywhere someone may be listening, I know some of the different regions, the, the book comes out a little bit later, depending on uh, when the rights were acquired to the book. So, um, you know, if you're listening somewhere outside the U.S. and want to get the book right away, um, just go to bookdepository.com, search for The Minimalist Home, and um, they'll, they'll ship it for free anywhere in the world. Awesome. I didn't even know about that. So I'll, I'll have to... You know, I'll link up to all the different possibilities in the show notes for everybody. And, uh, I, it, I am actually going to get the, I'm going to get this for my mom. So <laughs> it's one of those gifts that's like, she'll, oh, she loves books. So she'll be like, oh, great. And, uh, it, it though it's got that, that, uh, what's, what's the word, a subtle or, uh, it's almost like a backhanded compliment, you know, where it's like, yeah. hey, you like, anyway, it's not meant to be that way, that- but yet it is. We all need it. So. <laughs> 
It is. It is. If I can make a case for the book, just like everything else, like what I just said before, it's not your typical. It it is, and then it goes step by step, room by room. But it's not your typical. You know, um, here's how you declare your. Um, it's not your. Your house is cluttered. Read this book to get it. Yes. It's it's a book about it's a book about living your best life, uh, and how how to achieve that and how to get there. And so I think it's a little less confrontational than, um, you know, you have too much clutter. Here's how to remove it. Titled book. So I'm glad you saved me. So then I can still have the good justification to to buy it for my mom. So. <laughs> Uh, Josh, th- uh, thank you for being here. And I think I already have a great idea to have you come back on again. So once the book, uh, you know, busyness or focus, I should say, has died down, uh, let's have you come back on because there's a whole other thing we didn't talk about that you do with a bunch of other people, this certain online magazine that would be great to have tons of the, the different things that are topics in there. I'm just hinting at this uh, to talk about. So we'll have you back on soon. Great. Love it. So what did you think about this uh, concept here of decluttering, of having a minimalist home? I'm interested in your feedback. You can leave that feedback over on the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at beyondthetodolist.com slash 253. That's where you'll also find a link to grab the book, a link to the last appearance by Joshua on this podcast, and also a link to the productivity book bundle giveaway that Ryan McRae and I are doing. Or if you can't go over to that link, it's beyondthetodolist.com slash book bundle to enter. Like I said, this is that time of year. I know some people talk about, you know, not going by the calendar year to change things in and out of your life. But this is one of those natural points in time where we, again, get a lot of stuff out to decorate and or buy a lot of stuff or are gifted a lot of stuff. It's also a great point in time to question the meaning or utility behind those things and declutter and lean into this book and the message and the practicality of it. So I hope you grab it. I hope that you walk through it. If you do, let me know and also let Joshua know. He'd be thrilled to have more stories to add to future books. So uh, with that, I'll say, if you know of somebody who would enjoy this conversation, do them and myself the favor of sharing this episode with them. Again, you'll find the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 253. While you're there, hit the share button and send it to somebody in the most preferred way that they'd love to hear about this from you. While you're there, you can also click the links to subscribe in your method of choice. And with that, I will see you next episode.